Hi, this is Marv Levy, and you're listening to Ryan and Chad on Friendly Confines. Rhino, I love these. We we always keep a little extra, like I like to say, a little bit more meat on the bone when we do our interviews with uh, with all these incredible folks we we interview, and we always bring you a little bit more. And this week is none other than uh, another fantastic extended edition of our previous interview. Yeah, absolutely. We get John Greenberg from the Athletic. Uh, certainly someone I've been wanting to talk to for quite some time really goes in deep about the process of how the Cubs hired new Cubs announcer Boog Shambi uh, for the Marquee Sports Network, among other topics that we get into with him as far as Hugh Darvish and what this team is doing next. So it's great to really get involved and, and hear what John has to say. So without any further ado, here is our extended interview in this special edition of the Friendly Confines with The Athletics' John Greenberg. Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines, and we are so excited for our next guest. We've been working really hard to get him on, and we finally (laughs) have been able to pin him down. He is the editor-in-chief and a columnist over at The Athletic in Chicago. He also has a great book. Be sure to check it out. His book is called If These Walls Could Talk, the Chicago Cubs stories from the Chicago Cubs dugout, locker room, and press box. It is my pleasure to welcome John Greenberg, to the seventh inning stretch. John, welcome to the Friendly Confines. How you doing? I'm doing good, Ryan. Thanks for thanks for having me. You didn't have to send, uh, you know, armed security to make sure I, I made it on the podcast, but I, <laughs> I think it helped. It helped remind me. You know, I just wanted to make sure, John. Just wanted to give you that friendly friendly reminder. <laughs> so I'm glad we could make it happen. And you can find John on Twitter at John underscore Greenberg. Certainly be sure to check him out there. So, John, let's start here with the big news of the week. It seemed like we'd been getting just bad news if you're a Chicago Cubs fan. But huge news that the Athletic broke announcing that Boog Shambi from ESPN is now the new play-by-play announcer for the Marquee Sports Network. How big and huge of a hire is this for the Marquee Sports Network and, in general, for the Cubs after everything they've been dealing with this offseason? Yeah, I mean, it's really like a perfect hire, right? This is the kind, like, I was joking, you know, when Hendry got fired, I said, you know, Ricketts needs to hire a Theo type. And, like, when Len leaves, you're like, oh, they need a Bukshambi type, and they got Bukshambi. I mean, he was... You know, when I talked to our guys who are really on this, were, were our beat writers, Patrick Mooney and Sadaf Sharma. And, you know, they they knew Shambi was someone they want, the Cubs wanted to talk to, but they weren't sure he was going to be willing to take a step down from his national role. Because he's a pretty big national ESP. He's not just like a, a middling ESPN broadcaster. He's, you know, a very popular one. And that was kind of my question to him when we did the Zoom on Monday is like, yeah, yeah, Wrigley's great. You love the Cubs, but, but why take this step? And then he gave this quote. That's like, it was like, it was written by Marquee sports network, you know, and the Cubs just saying that baseball matters on the North side. You know, I want to be somewhere where baseball matters. Um, I, and I, I think this was like, it's an interesting thing because when a guy leaves for, 
at least a TV job for a radio job across town, you know, that would seem to indicate, you know, it's not a good job, but obviously the Cubs broadcasting job doesn't come open very often. So this was a huge job and a lot of people, you know, were interested and some people were, were, I wouldn't say like they were ready to leave their jobs for it, but they were listening. There were people with really good jobs I know of, you know, in baseball that were willing to listen to the Cubs pitch, you know, and see if they wanted to make the move. So, you know, the fact that they got, you know, we've been making fun of the marquee for being obsessed with national names, but this is a national, Bukshambi is a national guy who feels like a local guy. You know, he gets jokes, he's got a personality, he's charming, you know, he's just kind of like a, a perfect baseball announcer for 2020. John, I, I'm curious if this is something you would know, and I know you report on media matters as well. There was a lot of chatter in the beginning that Chris Myers was kind of the, the point mm-hmm. person initially. And then all of a sudden, kind of out of the blue, <laughs> we, we see Boog. So I'm curious, to the best of your knowledge, how did this come about, if that was even discussed? And how did it maybe shift from the narrative of Myers being the guy to then all of a sudden them landing Boog, if that's possible? Well, the Myers thing started with us because Sahadev Sharma and his Sahadev broke the Len Casper story. I mean, no one even had a. I don't even know if anyone. I think maybe one other person was on it, but you know, we we kind of blew everyone's minds because we ran it at like eleven o'clock at night. You know, as soon as we got it confirmed by a few people, um, and he put that Myers was the leading name. Now, this didn't that didn't come from Marquee. That came from people in the industry who were hearing stuff. You know, and these were, you know, really plugged in people. And then people plugged in around the Cubs organization were hearing it. But we never said he was going to get it. And then NBC Sports Chicago accidentally reported that he got the job. And that's when it really blew up. And I I, listen, I don't they won't tell me for sure. But I have to imagine as stubborn maybe as the marquee people could be sometimes with, you know, Twitter and people like me and my, my opinions, um, they had to have seen that, like, yeah, maybe the fans are not thrilled with, with that idea. And it's not really anything wrong with Chris Myers. It's just that he's just kind of, he is kind of like the classic national guy, right? Like no one, he's just there. He's just like, Oh, Chris Myers is on the call. All right. That makes sense. You know, he's doing the Fox, the fourth, <laughs> the fourth best game on Fox. Sure. Um, you know, but I, I really don't think they'd ever, I don't know. I don't think they were ever really officially like set on him, but he was supposed to do games for Len last year, you know, and Len in a perfect, if the pandemic doesn't happen, Len was supposed to only do about 130 of the 150 or so games Marquis had because he was going to do some national games. And the same, you know, is with, with Boog Shiambi. I, I do think Boog, you know, if they made a list of the national type guys they wanted to talk to, he was, Shiambi was at the top of the list. I mean, he's, very well respected. He knows Wrigley. You know, I don't know how much I haven't talked to Jim Deshays yet, but I know Jim likes him. I, Len told me they did not ask Len really for his opinion on jobs on who should replace him. But, you know, Len would have put him near the top of the list as well. We're talking with John Greenberg, editor-in-chief and columnist at The Athletic in Chicago. You can find him on Twitter at John underscore Greenberg. Um, John, I don't know how much Boog maybe got into this or if this is something you were able to kind of find out or the the team at The Athletic. But he's got a great relationship with David Ross. He has a great relationship with Rick Sutcliffe. And he mentioned that he's very close with Len Casper from their time down here in South Florida when they were both broadcasters right. with the Marlins. 
did any of those three have a hand in potentially giving him that kind of nudge to say, you need to go after this job and this would be the perfect fit for you? You know, he said he hasn't really talked to Len about it, you know, since I guess maybe I think what he meant is he hasn't talked about it since he decided to take it, which has probably been a couple of days. Um, but, you know, he, he talked to Len when Len left. So I, I would say that's probably kind of like an unspoken thing with them. Um, and with everyone else, you know, I, I'm sure Ross was in his ear about it because he told us Ross gave him like funny notes, you know, like sent him a text, like, make sure you say how much you miss me, that type of stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure that was a part of it too. You know, as you know, I assume the marquee people realized that he was Ross's partner, you know, Ross's time at ESPN and, and realized that would be a benefit. I mean, you know, that's a huge benefit to have that kind of relationship just in the, you know, cause they talk to the manager before every game, the, the TV and the radio team. So, I mean, just to have that rapport and I assume they're going to want to do, you know, how the national broadcasts do where they talk to the manager during the game, that would make perfect sense in this case, because you've got a rapport, you know, with these two and Jim Deshays has a rapport with everyone. Cause he's awesome. Um, so yeah, I would say the comfortability, comfortability, Probably it's a thing to, you know, something to do with it. But it's funny in these deals, a lot of times it, it doesn't really happen like that. Like you think, like I remember talking to Jason Hayward, you know, he and Dexter Fowler know each other since they were kids, you know, growing up in Georgia and playing together. And I was like, did you talk to Dex about taking, you know, the deal with the Cubs? Cause Fowler was a free agent at the time, but he goes, you know what? I didn't, <laughs> he's like, I didn't talk to him about it at all. He's like, which I think people find pretty surprising. You know, sometimes when it comes to people's jobs and money, they really kind of, you know, keep maybe a, keep it a little closer to the vest than you might think. Sure, absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. Let's shift gears. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on on the field right now because there's plenty of things that are happening. Not so much good news for the Cubs huh. right now, but obviously the biggest news was the trade of, of Hugh Darvish to the San Diego Padres. Was this nothing more, in your opinion, than a salary dump that we saw of this organization and that the Ricketts are just in financial dire straits as they claim to be right now? Definitely part of it. I mean, you can't, you know, no matter what they say, you can't dodge the fact that they saved a ton of money on you going forward, you know, and they need to, you know, I guess they think they need to recalibrate. But, you know, I was thinking about this before the season. I really wish I would have written it. And I know we wrote something about, and I know one of our writers, you know, broached the idea of trading you. But to me, you know, when I start thinking about what they could do, trading you made the most sense, even though it makes the least sense if you want a competitive team. Sure. It makes the most sense if you're really looking to start rebuilding and start, you know, what they claim is maybe like a gap year or just taking it slower this year is kind of how they phrased it, you know, reassessing. But, you know, everyone's talking about trading all their hitters who are going to be free agents. Well, guys, that doesn't really – you know, that can land you some at the deadline, right? When teams are desperate, it can get you a little more. But right now, just, you know, people aren't going to give you as much for one year of Chris Bryan or one year of Rizzo or whatever. What they're going to trade for is when you have multiple years. And I mean, the Cubs show that by getting multiple years of Jose Quintana and giving up two top prospects. I mean, we saw that firsthand. I was even going to write the, you know, we always, James Fegan, our, our White Sox writer, always jokes whenever people, you know, immediately say like, oh, the White Sox should, should uh, sign Kyle Schwarber. And he's like, you know, should I get give these people my MLB.tv login so they know there's other teams in the league? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a running joke. So, But I literally was going to write a U Darvish or Michael Kopech column. And, and frankly, like that's not outrageous. I don't think they're like dying to trade Kopech, but 
I mean, honestly, like it, it probably has, has crossed their minds, you know, and that would actually be a really good, that would have been a really good trade for the White Sox and for the Cubs. Sure. So yeah, I, I almost yeah. wrote that just because, yeah, you, it stinks. They lost them, but if you're going to go down that road, you know, marketing him makes the most sense. The problem was, is the return, you know, we're all so accustomed now to these prospect lists and we're so familiar with them. Even if we have no freaking clue who any of these guys are, obviously we've never seen these guys play in person, but you know, when you trade for, you know, four guys who have played, you know, no time in, in the United States, you know, the most experienced guy played like 40 games in the Arizona rookie league, you know, it's a weird look. And like, it's not just people complaining on Twitter that think it's weird. Everyone thinks it's a little, it's a little odd, but Jed explained it the best he could in that, you know, he's looking for, they wanted quantity. They wanted quantity and quality, you know, and they didn't want to just trade you for one guy, one good prospect. And, you know, one young guy, they went for four young guys. And I think the important thing to remember is something he brought up. And I was something I was thinking about before our call is that, just because they it doesn't mean the Cubs are waiting for these guys to mature to compete again. These guys can be traded in a year. No one's seen the, any of these guys play. So like the people are like, oh, they're not their top ranked prospects. But like, well, how could they be? <laughs> you know, how how could you rank a right. 17 year old as the top prospect? <laughs> like sure. like I couldn't even find pictures of these guys on the wire services. Like, you know, I found <laughs> we found that there's like one of the guys, the guy that played in the Arizona League, um, his name's uh, escaping me right now. I think it was Santana, maybe Yason, whatever that guy. Um, there's okay. like a few of him, and then there's uh, Preciado, Reginald Preciado. There's pictures of him when he was 15 and played in like an under 15 uh, World Cup tournament. <laughs> so yeah, it is literally right, exactly. Yeah, um, unbelievable. Yeah, well, with that, do you expect? any other moves to be made by this team, uh, positive or negative, whether that's trading Craig Kimbrell or do we see Chris Bryant gone before the season or maybe better news, do the Cubs go out and actually sign some people? Could they potentially bring back a, a John Lester and a Kyle Schwarber on a reduced price? What What does your gut tell you about what the rest of the offseason looks like for this team? Yeah, I mean, I think you could definitely see the what you just talked about, Schwarber, and Lester on a reduced price. Um, I'd probably say Lester more than Schwarber. If I were Schwarber, I'd be, you know, looking for a new home probably. Um, Lester maybe, yeah. You know, that's a, it'll, it'll definitely have some Kerry Wood in 2012 vibes to it, right? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Lester's so good, and I love Lester. I, 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 I know he wants to end his career with fans in the stands, you know, and hopefully we're going to have that. So I would like if they brought Lester back, you know, just – personally for my sake, you know, cause I just think he's such a great guy. Um, you know, I, as for the other trades, I think it's really, I think an under, not under discussed, but you know, an important part of this is the market itself. And I think the fact that that trade was made for you shows there weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of buyers for him. Right. I mean, you know, San Diego and people have written about this, you know, like the new market efficiency, inefficiency right now is actually trying <laughs> to win and trying to sign guys because there just aren't teams looking to sign them. I mean, in normal cases, you know, a Boston or New York would be looking to trade for a guy like you. A lot of teams would be looking for a starter like you with a pretty affordable, as it looks now, contract. And there's, those people just aren't there. So it's it's really tough to say when Kimbrough will be traded or Brian or if they'll be traded because we just don't know if teams – 
are looking to add right now, I would say, you know, look closer to the, when the season starts. I mean, this is just a, this is just a completely different market. And it's like, it was a couple of years ago where just everything's just different right now. And it, it's, we don't really have a lot of precedent to judge like when moves are going to get made. Cause it's just not normal. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It is a uh, beyond uh, crazy time in uh, this world of sports that we live in when it comes to the economics of baseball. John Greenberg, editor-in-chief at The Athletic in Chicago. You can find him on Twitter at John underscore Greenberg. And don't forget his book. It's called If These Walls Could Talk, Stories from the Chicago Cubs Dugout, Locker Room, and Press Box. Hey, John, I can't thank you enough. Unfortunately, we're out of time, so I can't get to my questions about Rob Bressler and his days at Ohio U. So we'll have to bring you right. back to come back again. You're welcome anytime. We would love to have you. Thanks again, man, for taking uh, some time with us to talk some Cubs baseball. And uh, best to you. Happy New Year to your family in 2020. All right. Thanks, you, Ryan. We'll, we'll discuss the Bressler Bowl and uh, the history of it next. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. Take care. Chad, 2021 is here. We have a new president. We have an upcoming baseball season. So with all that, we should definitely find some time to raise a glass and have a drink as we say goodbye to 2020 for sure. That's right. And why not start your new year right with some Federalist wine? It's the perfect wine to have with any meal or just a drink. That's right. You can pair it with a steak, a burger and fries. It doesn't matter because... The Federalist wine is an American wine crafted for the only tasting note that matters, and that's damn good taste. It's a bold choice with baseball or any sport, and you can pair it with any food you desire. And we have a special offer for you. If you go to uncorked.com, that is uncorked.com, and use the code CUBS20, you get 20% off your entire purchase. Yep. So, of course, this is an American craft wine. It's the Federalist wine. So as Chad said, go to uncork.com, use the promo code CUBS20, get 20% off your purchase. Must be 21 years or older to consume alcohol. Please drink responsibly. Hey guys, it's Sylvie from Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. You're listening to my guys, Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines. And our thanks to John Greenberg from The Athletic. And of course, you can find him on Twitter at John underscore Greenberg. He really had some great insight, Chad, about what they're going to be doing. And, of course, I loved some of the stories about Boog and how the Cubs kind of went about all that. So at least we have a good broadcast that we can look forward to this 2021 season, if nothing else, right? Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. So make sure you follow him. Uh, appreciate you as listeners to, for, for tuning in. We're so excited to go weekly. We've made that decision, and we're going to continue on. We've got an incredible uh, a lineup of guests coming up. We've got uh, folks like NFL Hall of Famer Marv Levy. We've got uh, Wayne Mesmer is going to be joining the show. And we've got Chris Myers coming back from Fox Sports, who also hey. is going to have an extended and expanded role with the Marquee Network. So if you want to follow Ryan on Twitter, he's at Ryan D. Lieber. I'm at the Chad Gordon. And then, as always, if you're on Facebook, make sure if you haven't already joined, the uh, Friendly Confine Chicago Cubs Facebook headquarters. Uh, we have some great, uh, it's just some great content there and also a great way to stay connected with what we're doing here. So another great episode. We so appreciate our listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in.
just a game For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed The first time you walk into Wrigley I'm George Will, and you're listening to the Friendly Confines Podcast with Chad and Ryan. Hey, everyone. I'm Chad Gordon. And I'm Ryan Lieber. We're the hosts of the Friendly Confines Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans' perspective with some of the biggest names in sports. Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Yeah, oh my God, I'm happy to do it. Pat Hughes, welcome to the seventh inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dawson. What is my distinct I'm doing fine, thank you. We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. 